Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr in Kales River. Alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica's, I am Lindsay Shute, as your host on this continued exploration of faith. And I'm joined, as always, by the venerable Archdeacon Father Rodney Whiteman. I didn't have to put the father in there, but how are you doing, sir? I, Lindsay, now through the grace of God, doing well with the family. Um... And uh, I trust the same for you guys. Um, I just, as I said earlier to you, that my wife and I had had our first Pfizer jab, and um, we are going to be recommending uh, that, uh, particularly now for the 60s and over of our congregations, to take it seriously to register and go and get the vaccine, and um, and to trust God that this is part of the healing and recovery process for the world. Um, mm. Our second jab is on the 9th of July. So, yeah, we're hoping that those, that people will be responsible for themselves and therefore for others. So mm. I trust mm. that you guys are all doing okay. Uh, yes, uh, there was a, a little COVID incident at my daughter's school. One of the teachers tested positive. Um, so, yeah, we are... In a third wave of sorts, um, I believe there was some communications yeah. to the church. Received indication that uh, our congregation level at the moment is 130. You can only put in a half of 50, apparently, that you can get in church for 20. There is quite a lot of uh, fear uh, mm-hmm. of, of the struggle to get people back. To, uh, people have just sort of been taking the risk to come and numbers were growing over uh, through this last, we're having to go backwards. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the sad reality is while we always need to look for something or someone to blame uh, for sparking off the third wave, we have been told by authorities because we have become complacent, complacency over compliancy. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> um, and we've, we've decided that, you know, we can just, live like this but look what is happening 4,000 people yesterday uh, were new infections right so I mean um, really are we the blind leading the blind the deaf leading the deaf here are we not taking into consideration that this is serious Mm. and it's not just a pandemic that is as locally fixed and I, I you know when are we going to learn um, the sooner we're able to embrace that reality, take very serious steps to to curb it. Um, many of the 60-year-old and over will, will really make it their business to get back, maintain the protocols you've been maintaining, because that is our hope going forward. Yeah, luckily our um, death rate has maintained, has been pretty stable throughout, which is, I guess, okay. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it is getting pretty serious. But yeah, it is Trinity Sunday, the traditional Trinity Sunday, the Sunday after Pentecost. Um, Father, if you could please call us together with a collective prayer, and I will catch up to you after that. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, holy, 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 and for the Sunday, uh, which I remind you, is prayed by the congregations of the Anglican Church and other churches um, on on this day. So it's the church collectively praying this prayer together. It is on your screen with me. We pray 
God of unchangeable power, you have revealed yourself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Keep us firm in this faith that we may praise and bless your holy name. For you are one God living. Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, yeah, the first reading is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, and it's the greeting words that you said, which is, Holy, 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 the Lord Almighty is holy, his glory fills the world. I want to skip directly to the gospel, though, which is, according to John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, it contains possibly the most famous line of the Bible, which is John. Chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So this is Jesus' chat with Nicodemus, um, one of the Jewish leaders. Um, he came to him um, by night. I, I like that, that that translation of it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and he refers to Jesus as rabbi and asks him, we know that you are teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. But I want to ask you a question. John 3.16 has is by far the best known line. I mean, people have it tattooed on their bodies. It's really a part of like the Christian zeitgeist. Um, but what, why? What in that line are people connecting to? Lindsay, that's uh, spot on. Uh, it's uh, the most uh, known text. And as you said, people even write it on their bodies. Um, so is it possible that we can say in verse 16, that this is what the whole gospel good news captured in that John 3.16 as message of hope for a um, number of years ago. I was a, I, I hosted an, a, a priest from India who came to visit our diocese, the Diocese of Cape Town. And in our discussions, I raised verse 16 with him and he said, but do not forget to read verse 17 with verse 16. And the more I practice that, the beings, our spirits, our souls, our minds crave for is to know that we are loved. Um, that's what every human being craves for. What does, what does love do for us? Love acknowledges, love seeks to understand us, love listens to us, love affirms us, love supports us, love gives us second chances, love is for love does not want to see us go down to the dumps, but wants to ensure that we have the option always of standing up again. Love helps us to stand up again. 
it's going to depend upon who loves us and why is it so important for us to know via the communication of words but by gestures by actions by the presence of those who when they hear us cry will respond to be present with us those who are able to make us fall asleep and trust that we will be safe um uh, and that intimacy and closeness uh, of of all the gestures of our, of our being young and as we grow up we we then find out that sometimes love is very conditional you, mm. <laughs> you have a long always to say you know in order for me to love you more i'm a, i'm a shame. you must ensure to be sure to be respectful and all of those kind of th- things then you have to take the image do you love and so so and then of course we do know that human love and it's uh, pushed and shoves and it's withdrawn and then given and it's conditional so it's not always the true image of love well god can't take back that's how much god loves us he gave him to death that's the full gospel and so the 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 giving of of what one when i said this morning in my sermon when at the funeral the gift of love for us in his son jesus christ god gave god's everything when he gave his son it was not a portion of him that he was giving god loved us with his whole self and so he gave his whole self to us for our salvation now one may say that love was the attraction and i hope it is love was the attraction none of us wants punishment of any sort even though we do do wrong things or say wrong things we fear punishment i mean from a youth onwards when <laughs> We, when it was suggested by our parents in authoritarian ways i think you need a hiding or just give you a smack without you expecting it to come your way as a corrective measure did we assume our parents loved us less by giving us a direct a corrective um, measurement in a hiding um some people portray it you know before he beats us for being naughty he says how much he loves us mm-hmm. <laughs> and the part of loving is to correct in in a painful way mm-hmm. so none of us wants that all of us long to have the gift of life and even more so when it is um when it's described as, as eternal mm-hmm. um narcissistic um uh, what's name or a donus for example when they looked into the river and saw we it's about living we don't want to give up on this life that was given to us so there are lots of themes in there connected to one another that would suggest a living text for all of us the assurance of love the assurance of forgiveness and of course now the ch- love meant to be responsible if mm. i say to you good day mm. lindsay do i ex- expect you to also say i and you know or or and how angry you and 
when we on the on the road giving space to another driver who rudely just comes in um we expect that person to accept the gesture that we've given by reciprocating and how often do we not even get acknowledged at that time mm. so so um is it conditional to believe or is it as we consider love and its effect on our that we believe now out of this we need to make a response and what is the best response to this is believing in him it's coming to faith in him it's accepting him it's acknowledging him isn't that isn't faith then tied to an expression of love to believe in god and to grow in that belief is is our, is a way in which we are able to come to love god uh, because we'll never be able to love god as god loves us but through faith through believing in him we are able to so i think that means love if perishing eternal life and who it is that loves us god god's son these are some of the things that gives us assurance and hope that like no other words ever annuled in tomes and tomes of books these words stand out as words of hope mm. i think it's a cheap way out though <laughs> Uh, because, so I, I like the way you frame it as the words of love. It's the expression of God's love for humanity that he gave his only, he gave his everything. But I think leaning too heavily on that idea removes the idea of the responsibility that Christians have to live as Jesus did. So it's like, it's only half of the equation. So it's like, yes, Jesus died for your sins, therefore you have salvation. No, salvation is achieved through your actions, through living like Jesus, not because he died. He only died to show, in my mind, um, that like that is the extent that you would have to go to if you really had to follow through on everything that he is doing, make the kind of change in the world that he has made, like you must be able to lay down your life for that idea. So it's like, yes, God gave humanity a way out or Christians a way out, but there's still a path that you have to walk. And I feel that a lot of people completely forget about that. I think I think you 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 know normally see forgetfulness happening. Uh, a major event like the giving of the covenant, on the giving of the law, the call to be a covenant of people of God, was forgotten after the next few steps they've taken. Uh, because of what they found attractive on the other side of the fence. Um, that's why I wonder, and I put that, I juxtapose that thing together with the words of Jesus on the night that he was arrested when he memory of me. So we are called to be a church in which remembrance is of importance. We recall 
all the events. The church's calendar is of such a, a nature, is recalling, reliving, re-experiencing what Jesus did for us so that in today's day, we are able to make a response to that. And out of that, by faith, we are able to live the effects of that. I don't think on my own, I have the capacity of salvation, truly. Um, when, I, when, I, when I listen to people's narratives about them falling out with one another, how difficult mm -hmm. it is to make up, how difficult it is to forgive, especially when hurt is so profound that your the, the 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 flesh of your face is torn, and how do you put back uh, yourself when somebody has broken you down so much? And or nobody needs to put a knife into us, or they see us how 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 we come across to them. That at the end of the day, we walk around with the burden of all of that. I don't know on my own how to get rid of that. I don't know on my own to say, I forgive you. Now, so, so it's not just what Jesus did for us um, in such a way that now we, you know, we, we, can, we, can, we can do it. I think it's in him that we are able to do it. So this is about a relationship with the Savior. This is about the relationship with the lover. It's in that relationship that I'm able to love. Because of that saving grace and the action of, of his death in which I shared through my baptism that I'm able to forgive. I uh, uh, have learned over the years through God's grace to say it like this. And people um, come to me with their burdens. I said, you and I as Christians confess. The, 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 the Apostles' Creed says, um, the, the creed of a Christian then we are saying he's Lord over my life, he's Lord, Lord over my feelings, my emotions, my blood cells, my nervous systems, he's over, Lord over my relationships and all of that. But he's the Lord that took on my flesh and died for me. So he's Lord over the sins I commit, he's Lord over the then I'm going through to him. What do I get back? Because he's given, he's given the son. So in receiving of the son, I'm able to now say, because he's Lord over all of this, I'm able to say to you, Lindsay, I forgive you. By grace, I can say, Lindsay, it is okay. If I say to you, mm -hmm. Lindsay, I, I ask you to forgive me and you say, I don't want to forgive him. I say, okay, that's also okay, Lindsay. Because I acted in good faith in, the, in me, my system, that there's still an issue between us that's unresolved. Now, I practice with people that, that fell out, and I realized I practiced it through prayer and so on. The next day when I saw them, I did not feel the burden of, of the issue. I went to them and greeted them and asked them mm -hmm. how they were doing. And I thought, wow, I didn't walk around with this burden. Well, because Lindsay didn't forgive me, now I'm not forgiven. Lindsay chooses not to forgive me. That's Lindsay's problem. I said, I'm sorry. All of us have ways of hurting. And the grace, and this is the thing, it's the grace, something I can't do out of my own that I need to exercise in my life to be able to work out the salvation of Jesus in my life, in every corner of my life, because he is Lord. So I don't think 
I would be ever, ever be able to succeed, if, if that's the word of the world, because we want success, that we will be able to move a limited form of it. But is it enough without Jesus? Is it enough without the generous love of God that gave his son, who, who shared my humanity so that in him I can regain what, you, what being human is really all about in relation to God. So I can't just work on my humanity and think that my humanity has the full capacity to save me, the full capacity to bring about change because my humanity was spoiled, damaged by sin. So you're not carrying the burden of the other person's decision, but you no, no. you willfully carry the burden of sin that you did not commit. Damage because one of us hurt the other. Both of us need to take responsibility for that, to, to repair that relationship. Who gives us the wisdom, the words, and the grace to be able to do that. Because we, you know, and I know, not all of us are prone to say sorry. Not all of us are gen can generally say, you know, sorry, and then we know in our hearts of hearts, you know, it's just about because somebody said we'll keep the peace, which is really a nonsense at, at that. So I take responsibility for the relationship, which is what I believe God is doing in this text. God is loving when through sin we have turned our backs on God. So he takes responsibility for the relationship he's built with us. But then he also takes the responsibility of saying, how from his side can he make this relationship right? Because the world is about relationships. That, that cuckoos that you have giving you eggs every day, when you purchased them, when you had the idea to put them on your premises. You have built a relationship with them. And you take daily responsibility to ensure that this relationship, which is benefits of both of you, is by you keeping your responsibility over against them. And when you do that, you, in terms of our own nourishments and, and, and food, you, you, you have your dogs, you walk your dogs. That's all relationship building. So the world is about relationships and relationships get damaged and in relationships that are damaged, people get damaged. To bring about, do we, do we have the, we have the capacity to break down, but I need grace, God's grace to be able to mend. I hear what you say, but I believe that we can't carry around this idea of like original sin and still manage to live full lives. All I'm hearing is an unhealthy dependence on something that doesn't really exist. What doesn't really exist? You fight it again there? Uh, the grace. The grace is a, it, it's, it's a made, to me at least, it, it's a made up grace. idea. Like, it. It comes from within you. Do I have the 
voting capacity to release it. Yes. No. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Not in my own self, I don't. What is, what is broken in my humanity can only be repaired by the one who created me. I can't repair myself. That broken vase cannot repair itself. Who broke it? We, we broke it when as, uh, um, um, what, did, what did Paul say? Sin came into the world by man. How the story was told in Genesis, something happened when with the relationship between God and humanity. Something happened that gave us the distorted view of life. Jesus comes and, and, and when you look at um, that's why we have the systems that the world has, has organized. A system of one above the other. One with more and other with less destroy you. Some of us even believe we have the power of death in our hands. Now, it is true that we have the power to destroy. That's the illusion sin brings us. But do we have the will to repair? Do I have the will to make everything just and free and fair for everybody? And when you look at the people who try to build the world together, what do you find examples like Mother Teresa? You find people like the Dalai Lama. I I still feel like it, it's a cop out to say that you have the capacity to destroy, but not accept the responsibility to rebuild, and that must come. I I do, but I I I do have the will, but I don't have the capacity to do it on my own. So I look to the one who went to the cross. I look to the one who gave and I receive who he is, given in love, to help me deal with what may be difficult. Your philosophy of life has helped you assume you have the capacity to do this on your own. But where did that philosophy come from? How was it built up? Muhammad gave a writ for peace. When Israel came out of Egypt, all they knew was slavery. And what they knew of slavery was being on the receiving end, not just, not, not of anything good. For generations they had to receive as slaves, children born into slavery, 400 years. In the Middle East now, how many generations since the war began between Israel and, and Palestine? The very people that were born in it tomorrow becomes a soldier. Mm. But mm. Palestine is not supported by the rest of the world. Israel is. Nobody's been able to help fix that problem. People justify mm. war. In the very place where Jesus planted his, where Jesus placed, they know not what they do. To build up the capacity you say you have, to have within you the words to say, I forgive. 
and to rebuild. I don't have the capacity. So what's different between you and me? I think my what underlines my philosophy is the idea that I am an animal. Much like every other life form on this planet. And from that perspective, there are common motivations. And that's how you find a common identity. And yeah, what you do to others should be shaped by how you want to live your life. And in that, I accept full responsibility for my actions towards other people. So what's different between you and me? I've asked you that first and second <laughs> time I'm asking. What do you say now that's different to me? I'm saying I need the presence of God in me because I was created to have within me the the, the, the presence and therefore the response of God, right? Mm. I can re respond to God, the ability to respond to God. In the instinct of animals, um, our understanding, and it's still a mystery, understanding is about the food chain and territory. We've been given brains and personality and things that we don't even understand about ourselves. But we seem to be the most hopeless because we can't seem to live. We've got to find difference that, that keeps us apart. Why well, do you, we have to break down? You, you'll be surprised how <laughs> vicious the world of plants are. Well, I, like... I don't know. I haven't studied it. That's why I'm asking you, have we seen a history? I haven't read the history about that, but have we seen the history about that? You can let see me, it in your garden, me, what happens when a, when a weed comes up and you can see which plants grow higher and how they adapt for like different life because they outcompete each other for resources. That's the central point of life is to gather resources to sustain your, your own self. So is life all about survival of the fittest? Not so much, in my view, the fittest, but survival. <laughs> well, when Jesus says, God so loved the world, did he say, I'm offering you survival, or I'm offering you the gift of eternal life? Is survival really living? If you only lived with what you needed to survive, there would be no greed. So why is it that the world suffers as a result of greed? Francis of Assisi says, we must live simply so that others can simply live. So even my lifestyle could force another person not to have life, but just 
survival. We are too clever for our own good and we have caused our own demise because of it. That's why we need John 3.16. I don't know. I, I still see that that religion causes way too many divisions for... No, it's it. not religion. Religion doesn't do that. It is those who interpret it for their greedy benefits. That's the problem we have. We read scripture for our own use and our own abuse. We read scripture for our own use so we can abuse others. Is that really what it's all about? When it says he did not come to condemn the world, yet we do that. Even Christian, even what kind of rubbish is that? You know, if you're not this, and you know, um, to tolerate me by, <laughs> by doing that, um, when, when, when Isaiah has a sense in his vision here about God, of course, in his mind, when he said, there's no hope in me, for I have seen God. Now, they believed if they put their eyes on God, they did. That's how they believe. Mm. And yet the response <clears throat> from there was, um, touch his lips, ensure that his guilt is gone, and sin forgiven. When he acknowledged his sinfulness, now his mind, body, and whole soul was open. God needs a messenger. Something needs to be told to the world out there. Whom then shall I send and who will go for us? What message does the world need from the divine mind that suggests the message that is currently spoken of in the world? Is there a need for a divine message? And there therefore a divine messenger. Even religious leaders didn't know what to say to all. They, Pharisees, were separatists. They didn't help the world. They separated themselves from the world. How could they help the world if they separated themselves from the world? But Jesus says there's a God who still loves this world that you choose to separate yourself from because he wants to give this world the gift of eternal life and not just survival of the fittest. That's why I need John 3.16 and Seth. That's why I believe I need to be part, an agent with others, a collective, proclaiming a message that the world cannot proclaim. Right now, for example, we were speaking about for our own survival in this world. Right now, we need the vaccine. Denial about this need. Mm. And they believe that only by believing that this will come around. No, believing in what God generously gives. We need a divine message to get the divine healing and hope and through the grace of that we are able to have a message to speak hope i'm on the side of the fence that rather reads history and studies history and sees the injustices that were done and tries to make amends and never let that happen again and on that i will close off and but I, I want to close off with this. <laughs> I read history, but I don't only see what humanity does in history. I want to say, 
what is the the hand that holds his teeth together? What mm. is the significant presence that leads us? Won't we tired of war to say we need peace? Where do we get the words of peace from? Not from the history books. But from the mysterious presence of him who says, in spite of you, you're hating one another. I love you. Believe in my son. There is hope for you. So that's how I would conclude um, receiving what you have said in conclusion. Understood. And if you could please extract a few other points of reflection in the praise of the church. Certainly. As we uh, contemplate uh, some of these themes, Lindsay, we, we, what has become very real is gratitude for the divine message that is so much needed alongside the kind of thing that you You've been taught there is a there is a message that others believe in, different maybe to the one that I'm proper. I want to hold both of that up without disregarding where you are standing. I value where you stand because I this is a exploration, and we're so grateful that we can explore together even when we don't agree on, on many things. We thank God for the scriptural text that we can talk about, the themes of scripture, and our God allows us to talk about it from different perspectives and still be held together. And so our prayer is that God's spirit will bear witness to our spirit that no matter the differences between us, we are children of God. And so we continue to pray for the universal church as we explore our faith. Your children may agree, Lord, in the truth of your holy word and live in unity and godly love by the power of your spirit. We hold before you the leaders of the church, bishops and metropolitans and all ministers of word and sacrament, especially in these times with the COVID pandemic and enlightened by your Holy Spirit all places of work, learning and healing. And then, Lord, to the authorities and respons those responsible among the nation in their rule, may they do so with wisdom and justice. We think of the wars that are engaged, the systems of oppression, the pandemics. We call for a world in which peace is promoted. And so the well-being of all people. Lord, there are so many different people living in the world with different belief systems. They are all your children. 
in whatever way you have blessed them. So we ask that you may be in hearts so that we may serve you all the days of our life. Lord, we others, Lord, who have various other ailments that they are troubled by, that causes sorrow, hospitalization, and even death. Fear of the nations. COVID is humbling, but your grace is sufficient. The deaths we mourn. For the recoveries we give thanks. The compassionate care we applaud. For the vaccines we are grateful. For compliance we plead. For the common good, we pray in the healing name of Jesus. We also pray, Lord, that as your voice is powerful and full of majesty, breaking the cedars, flashing forth flames from the fire, speak so that the violence in our world is driven out in the minds and hearts of people who live by violence. Break gender-based violence and speak your freedom and wholeness over every person victimized. And so we ask your blessings on Africa, guarding our children, guiding our leaders, give us your peace. And so my friends, in conclusion, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Lindsay for always coming for exploration of the text uh, for our lives, for understanding. Let us go out and in all of life worship the Lord. Let us entrust ourselves to the winds of God's Spirit, put to death selfish desires, and to offer ourselves for God's mission in the world. And so may God give strength to you and to all. May Christ Jesus bless you with peace. And may the Holy Spirit whispering within your hearts give you assurance that you are God's children. Amen. So my friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Father. In the name of Christ, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.